This is the Converge Podcast. We meet at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Heritage Baptist Church in the chapel. This is a group that is geared towards those who are young adults who want to follow Jesus and live the gospel life wherever the journey takes them. series, which is Church Matters, uh, that we we went through in the fall, then you have a podcast, you can scan this QR code, or you can go to um, Spotify or wherever uh, you get your podcasts and search for Converge Sunday mornings, and you'll be able to find that. Um, also, we want you to be involved. So hospitality team met today. That's something that happens every three months. We are in the rotation to uh, jump in and, and open doors and smile at the same time. That's kind of the high calling that hospitality is. Open the doors and smile at the same time. And if you're really good, you can say good morning as well. Uh, if, you, if you have other ways you want to get involved, then one is our worship team. Uh, they are planning to be with us next week. And we have a, a cycle of about every other week where we have the worship team come, and that's our hope for this semester. So if you have gifts that God has given you in music, uh, your voice or instrumental, then then you might want to jump in with that, and you can um, let me know about that as I'm connecting with our worship team for uh, for the spring. If you enjoy technical things, or have ex- especially if you have experience running sound or video for a group like this, then Seth in the back would love to have some help. He's uh, he's been doing this faithfully for a long time, and and a lot of what we do in a tech kind of form such as the podcast is credit to him for his initiative in doing that but we'd like to get him some more consistent help um also just fyi um last week when we were here how old were you seth 21 and today how old are you 22 so somewhere in between you had a birthday right (laughs) if i'm not mistaken that was friday your birthday was Friday, right? And at the Clark House, this is an exciting week because you weren't the only one with a birthday, right? Somebody else had a birthday, right? Sam? All right, so Sam is also, he's going to participate today. He's Seth's brother. If you haven't met him, they, they go together here, right? So um, they both have birthdays this week. I grew up that way. I don't know if that's how you, they have, they're a year and a day. Two years. Two years and a day apart. My brother and I were one year and two days apart. So we were, in the, there's a week in March where we would have birthday season, and, uh, and we were just one year apart. People thought we were twins most of our lives, but I was always older and more important. That, I, sorry, that wasn't supposed to be out loud. He's actually, believe it or not, he's a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force and far more important than me. Okay. Moving on, we also do uh, have some social media platforms that we're involved in and some opportunities for you if you are uh, graphic design oriented to be involved with that or if you just enjoy being active on social media, um, then we would love to have you be a part of that and you can speak to Marianne about that. Raise your hand, wave, hi, there you go. Uh, And we would love to have you be a part of that. So any of those things that that we have uh, along with some of the more casual stuff like making coffee every week 
setting out snacks and being here to welcome people and smiling here in this room to welcome people into the room. We, we want you to be involved. And if you are in a situation where recording Christian service is part of what you need to do, you need to be here for, let's say, hypothetically, 20 hours and they call it Caesar, then you can do that with Converge. You can just need to talk to me uh, as, as early as you can to kind of lay out what that might look like. But we can do things in kind of a variety of different ways and all the things that we've just talked about. When it comes to things going on at Heritage, uh, you can find that information on the hub, which is just hbclynchburg.com uh, slash hub. But a couple of things that are really important to you guys that I want to make you aware of. Um, there is a new uh, women's step study in Celebrate Recovery that's starting the first week of February. So Celebrate Recovery is um, a um, accountability group, a support group for people who have hurts, hang-ups, or habits that you need to deal with. Okay, so process those three words for just a second. Hurts, hang-ups, or habits. Um, probably, if you're honest with yourself, we, we all have something in that those categories. And Celebrate Recovery is a, uh, this step study is a uh, 9 to 12 month process of walking through um, interacting with God over what has happened in your past in order to process it and walk, move forward in life in the light of the gospel. Okay? Um, if you are interested in, in processing some of those uh, griefs maybe or maybe hurts that have happened to you or habits that you need to get rid of, then that happens uh, on February uh, 1st is when that's going to start. Also, disciple-making teams are having an informational meeting next week, January 22nd at noon. Um, if you haven't heard about disciple-making teams, it's something that, uh, that is, it's a 10-week intense group that meets together for the purpose of um, honing our vision on spreading go the gospel to others, okay? So it's a gracious accountability in reaching out to the lost around us. You get to come together with uh, a time of worship and rejoicing in what God has done, of praying together for those that God is still um, reaching to through your life and circles. Uh, and it's, it's just a really great time to bond with, with a small group of people here at Heritage for the purpose of better spreading of the gospel locally. If you're interested in that, that's next week. Um, and let's see, that uh, there's a registration on the hub, so you'll want to go to the hub to do that. Guys, I've unloaded a lot of announcements for you. The last thing I'm going to tell you is that um, New Connections is coming up. If, if you want to take the next step in what goes on here at Heritage, you want to be uh, a member of Heritage, then New Connections is the way to do that. It's coming up real soon, and you can go to hbclynchburg.com slash NC for New Connections. You can look that up. That's just a single Sunday afternoon where you get to spend time with Pastor Nathan here in this room and hear about what's going on in the church and how you can be a part of it. I'm done with that. All right? I have something that I want you to talk about. Uh, now that we've gotten, I think, everybody in the room, I would love for you to spend just five minutes at your table answering these questions. If you don't know each other, 
the first ones matter. If you do know each other, you can skip them. But who you are and where you're from, this isn't it. Who you are and where you're from, something important, positive or negative, something important that happened over Christmas, and lastly, the best piece of wisdom you've ever received. The little nugget that you've always remembered, okay? I want you to share that. If you forget everything else, just go with the last one. That's the important one, okay? But uh, introduce yourself and share the greatest nugget of wisdom you've ever received. We'll take five minutes.
as I inadvertently misled you, I have one more announcement that I need to make. And I didn't think, I, I've, been, I've been worrying with how to make this announcement in a way that wasn't going to spoil a surprise. And now the surprise isn't going to get spoiled because the people who it would surprise aren't here today. So I can make this announcement. Um, Roger and Stacy have been, uh, have been serving in Converge for a long time. And they're about to have a second baby, okay? And I'm not here to tell you when or whatever, okay? That's not it. But, um, but they're not here. So what we want to do, I'm not here to tell you. I don't know that, okay? I don't, all I know is they're not in this room. That's all I know, okay? What I do want to tell you is, so please don't distract yourself with what's happening outside of here or isn't happening, Okay? We want to bless them with a diaper and wipe shower, okay? So you, have to, you don't have to buy a ton of stuff, okay? This isn't, and you don't have to go check a registry anywhere or anything like that, okay? It's not that complicated. We just want to, we want to stock them up with diapers of various sizes so that they, you know, don't just get newborn if you are to buy diapers. Sometimes... Babies are already bigger than that when they come. So, like, one size one and two, maybe, um, things like that. If you aren't familiar with diaper sizing, just get the box that has a one on it, okay? But what we would love to do is next week, I know this is short notice, okay? Next week, we'd love to have a chance to bless them uh, in their new life as a family of four whenever that happens. I'm not saying that's happening, okay? Whenever that happens. Um, and, and I just didn't know how to announce it without spoiling the surprise. So seizing the opportunity, um, if you can, uh, I would love for you to participate at whatever level you can. A pack of wipes would not be um, too insurmountable of an expense, but if you are also able to go together on a big box of diapers, that would be cool. Like as a, as a small group, maybe you did that or something like that. Um, I'd love to do that next week to just have that you know, here for them, okay? Uh, any questions about that? Anything that I should have done differently, ladies who would do that better than me? No? Okay. <laughs> Say the baby's not here yet? I, I, don't, I don't know anything about that. Okay. Um, also, since I was talking about our, our social media team, Marianne made this. So you can join her and help do cool things like this. All right. Uh, I'll try to send more information about that, but again, I'm trying to keep it a surprise from them. All right, we're going to be in Job today, Job chapter 28. Let me, um, not just Job chapter 28, but that's where we're going to start. This year at Heritage, if you guys have been away, um, if you guys have been away, then we have ventured on a quest this year here at Heritage, to go through the Bible together. We've invited as many people as possible, who, whoever's got an interest to do it, to be together walking through the Bible on a chronological reading plan. What that means is it doesn't go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. It goes in order of the time that these things took place. Okay, So for instance, we read... Genesis 1 through 11, and then we jumped into 
Job. And today, today in that reading plan was the last day of the book of Job. We've read all the way through Job. We're jumping back into Genesis chapter 12. If you haven't gotten connected and you're interested in that, you still can. You can, you can download um, the chronological reading plan that is, uh, if you look at the description on version, if, if you use the app, on version, it's the chronological reading plan. In, this, in the description, it says uh, the Blue Letter Bible one, or you can search the Bible recap, and that's got um, the chronological reading plan. Both of those are the same reading plan, and you can, you can do either one if you, if you want to. We're, um, again, we just finished up Job today, or are still, depending on when you read, and moving back into Genesis tomorrow. But I would love to invite you to do that. Just as a praise to God in, in pushing his people to get to know him better through his word, uh, we've got 600 people who have committed to do this right now at Heritage. And, and I just think that's phenomenal. Um, this... Also, to give credit where credit is due, Rhonda, who works on our team here, this was her idea, and I think it was fantastic. And she, um, she was praying for 300 women to do it. I think we've, I mean, I'm assuming that our split is pretty close, and you've got at least that. Um, I didn't actually parse it out. But praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that that many people are going, are reading through the Bible together. If you want to jump in, I don't want you to feel like you have to this afternoon read all of Job to catch up. I would love for you to just jump in on what the reading is tomorrow. Join us back at Genesis 12 if you want to. It takes on average about 12 minutes a day to listen to the app read the Bible to you. So if you, if you are a slow reader and you can just keep up with where they're they're reading it then about 12 minutes a day is what you can anticipate and uh, and then we have some opportunities to have discussions on that we have some small groups that have formed we have uh, times like this where I may I may just ask you if you're participating in this where have you seen God the the point of this whole quest is not to get to revelation the end of revelation the point of this is to get to know God in his word, how he reveals himself, okay? So every day, we're encouraging people to read, make a note of how you've seen God reveal himself. We're calling it a glimpse of God. What was your glimpse of God today? And share that with somebody. That's the, that's the point of all of this. It doesn't get more complicated than that unless you want it to, and you can go as deep as you want to in studying God's word and and it will prove itself to be valuable. But that's, that's kind of the, the center of this, is read God's word and look for him. Tell somebody else about it. Okay? With that, it's my goal uh, to walk through the whole body of scripture this year, from now till December, uh, in chunks that match the reading plan as a part of our time in God's word. And we won't cover every verse. There's no way possible. We won't cover every chapter. We might even have to skip some books. But what we're going to try to do is get the overall picture of how God is revealing himself in this chronological unveiling of the grand narrative of scripture so that we can see the character of God on display. Okay? With that, and wrapping up Job today, um, we didn't talk about Job much last week, which means we have all of Job to talk about today. 
all right? We're not going to try to do all of that. In fact, we're just going to zoom in on a couple of aspects of how God has revealed himself. And then I'm going to take it one step further and ask this question, what does it mean for us? Okay? That's not the primarily what you're looking for if you're going to if you're going to read through the Bible this year where we're going to look for how does God show himself in his word to us? But it's also a necessary action at times to say, okay, so then what do I need to do with that? All right? So we're going to ask that question. Um, I want to share a quote with you before we jump into Job chapter 28. Um, and this is by a man named Ray Ortland. If you've read Gentle and Lowly, that's Dane Ortland. That's his son that wrote that. Um, this quote, I guess they're all smart in that family. This quote um, is by his dad, Ray Ortland, and he says, I don't think the book of Job is about suffering as a theoretical problem, as in asking the question, why do the righteous suffer? Or why do bad things happen to good people? Like that, That's not the question that Job's here to answer. I think it's about suffering as a practical problem. In other words, when, not if, the righteous suffer, what does God want from them? And what he wants is trust. When the righteous cannot connect the realities of their experiences with the truths of God, then God is calling them to trust him that there is more to it than they can see. I think that's a summary of what Job experienced as, as you read through the whole text. And there are these, there's this little glimpse behind the, the scenes of what's going on in heaven as we understand what God is allowing to happen. And then there's this huge chunk of verses where it's people trying to determine the actions of a great and mighty God. And then God has a response to this. Okay? But in the middle, there's, there's an unknown. There's, a, there's, an, there's an understanding on Job's part of how he's lived his life. There's an expectation on his friend's part of what must, must be required for this to happen. And what, what Ray Ortland says here is that there are times when the circumstances that we're in may not actually match what our expectation is, okay? He says it better than, than I. He says, when the righteous cannot connect the realities of their experience with the truths of God, then God is calling them to trust him that there is more to it than they can see. As with Job, there's a battle being fought in the heavenlies Trust in God, not explanations from God, is the pathway through suffering. You won't necessarily have all the answers. But you do know the God whose character is unchanging. We did talk about that last week. That if we take, if we take a perspective of God that, that shifts, as in, in this, in this verse or this passage that I'm reading... God is love, and over here, God is just, and, and those are both true. Does that mean that God is 50% loving and 50% justice and somehow finds the right balance in all of it? And what we challenged, uh, what I challenged you with last week was that it's not about getting the right balance of 50% here, 20% there, 30% there, and keeping it all even and at rest. It's about God being perfect in all his ways. And so therefore, 
perfectly loving and perfectly just can coexist in a God who is greater than I understand. And so we need to trust in that God, not expect the explanation from God, and that's the pathway through suffering. We may not always have all the answers. We may not have them now and we'll know them later, or we may just, as in Job, which we'll see a little bit of today, God never actually gives Job the backstory. He gives Job confidence in him, but he never gives him the backstory. He restores the things that were taken away in blessing, but he never says, you were, you were the focus of a cosmic battle. That, those, that never comes out in the conversation. What I think we see is that uh, rather than Job being a text about how to handle suffering, we see a text about the greatness of God and our need to trust in him. And that wisdom, wisdom is from God alone, not from just the counselors that we hope to be right, not even in our own sufficiencies, but that God, God is the one who is all wise and really only fully wise. I think Job 28 um, is a great place to take a look at that, okay? So in a moment of clarity on Job's part, he shares this, um, this very encouraging picture of the fact that, that God alone is the one who has wisdom. It, it's, a, it's a truth about the nature of man, and it's a truth about the nature of God that we see here. And, and really, all through Job, you see these little bits of, of correctness show up, mixed in with, with some falsehood that, that God eventually calls out at the end of the chapter, but here's where, or at the end of the book. But here's what I want us to look at first today. Job says, surely there's a mine for silver and a place for gold that they refine. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper is smelted from the ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the farthest limit, the ore in gloom and deep darkness. Okay, I want you to have, I want you to have an understanding of what Job's trying to um, describe here as, as he's going to reveal a few perspectives on this same kind of thing. Job's going Job's gonna to speak to the glory, careful with that word, okay, the glory of man in the fact that, that God has given him an ability to do things that, um, that are pretty magnificent. And I think that we can celebrate that too, that God has gifted mankind in general. I'm going to share a quote with you later that that sometimes even medical advances are a part of what helps in the suffering of, of this world. They, uh, we're glad. We're glad that there's an uh, ingenuity in mankind. And, and Job is celebrating the work of man to mine out the riches of the earth. Okay? He's not talking about the fact that God put it there in the first place, and that's the greatness of God. Right now, he's just talking about the the effectiveness effectiveness of man to do things of high value okay so iron is taken out of the earth man puts an end to darkness and searches out the farthest limit or in the or in gloom and deep darkness he opens shafts in a valley away from where everyone lives 
They are forgotten by travelers. They hang in the air far away from mankind. They swing to and fro. As far as the average man who lives in a village and does his normal life, these things are a mystery to them. They happen in the darkness. They happen far away. This, isn't, this is something that's unseen to the typical person. Okay? As for the earth, out of it comes bread, but underneath it is turned up as by fire. Its stones are the place of sapphires, and it has dust of gold. That path no bird of prey knows. The falcon's eye has not seen it. The proud beasts have not trodden it. The lion has not passed over it. This, this work of man to mine out the riches of the earth is peculiar to man. It's not something that even the greatest beasts of the earth have been able to do. This is something that's peculiar to man that God has given him the ability to do, and it's, and it's where riches are found. There's a richness to this, lots of value put on it. Man puts his hand to the flinty rocks and overturns mountains by the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks, and his eye sees every precious thing. He dams up the streams so they do not trickle, but, and the thing that is hidden he brings out to light. But where shall wisdom be found? These things have earthly value, but where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its worth, and it is not found in the land of the living. The deep says, it's not in me. The sea says, it's not with me. Even the earth that man is effective at mining out, these, this earth is not going to provide what we're looking for in wisdom and understanding. It cannot be bought for gold, and silver cannot be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of ophir, in precious onyx or sapphire. Gold and glass cannot equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of crystal. The price of wisdom is above pearls. The very best that this world has to offer, the topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? It's hidden from all the eyes of the living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and death say, we have heard a rumor of it with our ears. God understands the way to it. And he knows its place. This is where Job brings resolution to this question. God alone understands the way to it. He knows its place. He looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind its weight and apportioned the waters by measure. Do you get that? This, this imagery? Things that just happen without really us thinking about it too much. The, that as God gave substance to the wind and, and directed the waters when he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder. I mean, to think the, the erratic nature of lightning and, and God is given credit in, in these verses for creating the pathway of lightning of the thunder. Then he saw it and declared it. This is where wisdom is. In this God who handles nature in this way, who created all of it, who holds it all together, he established it and searched it out. And he said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. 
this is still early in the conversations that Job is having with his friends that, that go to places they shouldn't go and that God is going to put corrective measures on as he, as he speaks to them. But it's not for another ten chapters that we actually hear God's response himself. Now, I mentioned Samuel this morning. He's, um, you can come on up. Samuel uh, was at Word of Life last year, and as a part of his time at Word of Life, he spent some time in the book of Job and, uh, and studied out quite a bit. He's been wishing to share with you uh, some truths about God that he, uh, he was able to spend some time with uh, through the book of Job. So he's going to actually give us a synopsis of the last few chapters of Job where, uh, where God reveals himself in, in his own words. Thanks, Dave. Like Dave said, I'm going to be summarizing the last five chapters of the book. And this is where God puts his power on full display, just out for Job. But one thing I wanted to add on to what Dave said is the main point of the book of Job is to display the supremacy of divine wisdom, God's wisdom over that of human wisdom, which is represented by Job's three friends throughout the book. And in the, for, from chapter 38, verse 1, all the way through chapter 40, verse 2, I don't have time to read it out, sorry. But if you would like to, you can go back and look at it and read it. God displays his power. And in verse 4 specifically, he, asked, he says to Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. And literally, he's telling Job, he's asking Job, where were you when I did this? And then he goes and just all of creation, just he describes it all. And in this passage, God displays his power to Job show him just how much greater he is than any man on earth that has ever lived. And in the following three verses, we see, we see Job's response. Starting in chapter 40, verse 3. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once, and I will not answer. Twice but I will proceed no further. In these three verses, Job promises silence in response to the God's display of power. And literally all he can do is shut himself up by putting his hand over his mouth. And right after this, God gives him a challenge. And that is in verses, starting in chapter 40, verse 6, and goes through 41, 34. But once again, we don't have a lot of time, so I'm not going to read through that. I actually have one more thing. In this passage, God puts forth a challenge to Job to do something only God can do, which is essentially defeat a dragon. And I actually have a song, a video I'd like to share with you guys. I said 
For those of you who are wondering, that song is Where Were You by Ghost Ship. It, actually, it was actually introduced to me at Word of Life during one of our group devos as a class, at least for the guys. But that 
song literally just wraps up Job into four minutes. That's the best way I can describe it. In Job chapter 42, verses 1 through 6, we see God, Job's response to God's challenge. Starting in verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. In this passage, Job apologizes to God for doubting him. Job also admits that he is minuscule in comparison to God. In the following verses, Job chapter 42, verses 7 through 9, God rebukes Job's friends for giving him worldly excuses to try and comfort him instead of giving him godly advice. And then in the last few verses of the book, in Job 42, verses 10 through 17, God goes on to restore Job's fortunes twice over what it originally was. And he also gives him, give him seven sons and three daughters. So it's easy when God takes time personally with Job to state the things that he has done that Job does not measure up to, it's easy to see the greatness of our God. And if you, if you were asked the same questions, you would sheepishly draw back to cover your own mouth and say, I, I can't speak to that. I'm humbled by that. And we, we see that the way that God has revealed himself to Job in greatness. You, you serve a great God. And he has purposes far beyond your understanding. And so when you find yourself in suffering, on the one hand, very few of us would probably be so bold to say that you are without, without any excuse for justice to be poured out on you, right? Job was blameless. God says it. Job argues for it. That's not true of me. So there may be times when we need to evaluate, okay, what exactly do I need to learn from this to make myself more like Jesus so that the suffering that I'm experiencing is not self-induced. However, there will be times when because of purposes outside of our ability to understand, things will happen. And it's at that moment when we need to trust the character of the God who's in control. Getting our view off of God and onto circumstances are when we will most quickly spin out of control. Because of that, I want to share with you one more quote, and we'll be done today. If we can get this back on the screen. You don't have to, but you might want to. It might be easier to read. This is by Thabiti Anibwile. Do you like that? I practice. Um, who's a pastor and author. 
he says, among the many things that we need during suffering, it seems to me that the clarity of vision is most needful. We may endure the suffering itself with grit and resolve. Buckle down and get through it. We may find the comforts of Christ in the presence of friends. Get your support group around you. There may be relief from pain via the common grace of medicines and the like, which is what I referred to earlier. But all of those will have little effect if suffering occludes or blocks our view of God who sits high and looks low, who rules all things from the throne of righteousness, and in our suffering and in our comfort overflows the banks of our life with the experience of his son in us. We get to live in Regardless of what we're feeling around us, this is a work of God on our behalf in both the stresses, the comforts, the sufferings, the blessings. These are times that we need to trust the character of God. Keep your view on God and not on the circumstances. You might, you might be feeling these things now. You might be feeling a suffering around you for things that are going on at home, things you didn't know were taking place, and when you went home, you saw a mess unfold in front of you. You might be facing a semester that is, right now, seemingly insurmountable. You might be wondering how you're even going to get through school, thinking that you're on the right track, but there's no money to be had, and there is no understanding of how to even start to get that money. And so there are things that are mounting up on you that seem seem like they're going to wreck you. You need to have clarity of vision that it's our view of God who sits on high and looks low to your circumstances and knows that will rule in the th- on his throne of righteousness in your current situation because He's giving you the opportunity to live in an overflowing life of Christ. So keep your eyes on him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for for what we read in Job and to even get our eyes off of Job and see you, your character, your sovereignty, your actions that are outside of our understanding, things that we can't that we can't see that you're doing, but yet we can trust your character. And that's, that's what you gave to Job, was your, your character and your might, your greatness and your sovereignty, your control over the situations. And Father, I pray that we would have clarity of vision to see you for who you are and not be blinded by our current circumstances, whether they're good or bad. Because either one can take our mind off of you. Father, I pray that we, you would put deep inside of us a passion to know you, regardless of the circumstances around us, so that we can interpret the circumstances through the understanding of your character, rather than flipping that. Father, I pray that you would grow us. I pray that you would use us in the lives of others. And I thank you for the time we've been able to spend together this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, um, there's nothing that's happening in this room for a couple of hours.
and they want tables in here when they come, so we don't have to change anything. You can hang out for a while uh, and just enjoy getting to see each other again if you've been gone for a while. Thanks for being here. Hope to see you next week. If you can participate, and I understand you might not even know Roger and Stacy that well because this is a big group and you haven't um, been a part of their small group or anything, but if you can participate, I would really love to have um, a bunch of diapers and wipes to bless them as they start a life with four people in their home instead of three. Guys, have a great afternoon. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you would like to get plugged into a small group, just text HB Converge to 81010 and you will get the text reminders for all the small groups. If you have any questions, just respond to one of those text reminders and it will go to our leadership team and they will be able to respond to you directly.